Sensitivity creates responsibility. You literally respond more to the frequencies and vibrations of those around you. And by, by that process, we gradually as a group, as humanity, become more harmless because you say, oh my God, I said this and I can feel the other person's response. This wasn't good. Or I chopped down this tree and I can feel the trees going. Why do you, I mean, it's, it's very intense. Mm. And there's books about this. Many people have experienced this on many levels, but it's part of all of our heritage. We'll all yeah. be extremely sensitive. We'll be very responsible. That's part of like you earlier talked about what's our evolution. Well, that's, that's yes. the, the, the bellwether, sensitivity mm -hmm. and responsibility. And that seems really key. I like that phrase you used. What was it? Sensitivity uh, creates responsibility. And that is a foretaste of this episode of the Planetary Makeover Show. In response to the heartfelt voices of an awakening humanity, we have evidence that divine help is at hand to work with us to create a hopeful future. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Planetary Makeover, creating a world that works for everyone. Today, we're delving into one of humanity's greatest bugaboo, fear. And we're going to discuss its origins, what it's been like passing through it, and how ultimately we can overcome it. Because these crises throughout the world that we're experiencing now are part and parcel of that fear, obviously. And what it actually is, is a great spiritual crisis for humanity. Luckily for us, we have help of an extraordinary kind, which you've heard me talk about before. And today we have some earthly help, also of an extraordinary kind. My guest, Ron Leggett. Hello, Ron. Hello, David. And I just want to tell you a little bit about Ron before he gets started. He has been studying metaphysical science for over half a century. And during that time, he helped start one of the largest metaphysical centers in the country, founded a metaphysical church, has lectured at theosophical societies, and has been covered by local print, media, and radio. But the most extraordinary part of the bio is something that Ron said to me, and I quote, Ron feels that the understanding the larger context of the changes occurring since the 60s will help us to appreciate the, and this is the real quote, divine purpose guiding this process. Remember that the divine purpose guiding this process. And Ron, I'd like you to chime in and break that down for us. Well, we tend to think just of our own lives or the lives of our families or nations or groups. We forget so often that we're part of a larger whole, a vast, complete whole, not only of all of humanity, but of a solar system, of a galaxy. We're we're part of a greater wheel within a wheel. And so as we open to that idea and start to feel it more in our lives, we can sense, my God, there is a purpose to all this. There is a plan. 
And if there's a greater plan, maybe there's a lesser plan that includes me and my friends. And maybe we're all part of this. And so gradually, this divine purpose, because again, everything takes time and, and takes a gentle change, not, nothing radical. We start to see pieces of the plan and maybe how we can fit in. And we were told, well, the two pillars are meditation and service. Meditation hooks us up to our soul, which knows the plan and is practicing the plan. And service connects us to humanity. So it, we then see the plan in action, acting out. And that opens our hearts. And the meditation and Ron, opens our Ron, Just quickly, I just wanted to ask, how does that meditation translate into physical plane um, augmentation and enhancement of our lives? Well, by many ways, one is the most sometimes the simplest is just having a spiritual experience, which by definition is an expansive experience. We're going to talk a lot today, David, about contraction and expansion because that's, and we're talking about waves and cycles. So the meditation on one level is creating an actual link to the higher realms, uh, like a, a channel or a bridge, however you want to visualize it to our higher chakras, to the higher realms above it, to our guides, to the masters, etc. And so as we connect to that, and the soul is able then to get through to us on a deeper level, because again, the soul isn't about our personality, it's about expressing the qualities of God in this world, through whatever ways we can, in our limited little ways, express those, whether it's through mm -hmm. art or science or whatever it is. So that's it's this gradual uh, process. Ah, so let me see if I understand. So the soul, Ron, is sort of downloading its information into the physical brain and body. Yes, that's a process. It takes many lifetimes. And that's what we call people who are more enlightened, soul-infused, less personality, less density, and greater light. You can see it in their auras. You can see it in their teachings. Fast. I, I want to be one of those persons. So go on, uh, go on, Ron, and tell us how we uh, achieve all this. Well, in the, again, we'll talk a little bit about Pisces and Aquarius because we're this is really the critical point of shifting. And the Piscean was pretty much all about the personality and the individual, my meditation, my path, my way forward, and the Aquarian energy. So, well, well that's great, but you're really part of a group and there's a group path. There's a group way forward and meditation. Um, a lot of us, as you know, David use transmission meditation, but there's other types of meditation to make that group connection stronger. So we feel connected in the Buddhist tradition. They talk about the Sangha, the community. You need others meditating with you. You need others that are still have the same desire to expand and grow and learn and to connect. Because again, it doesn't mean much if we don't feel it. And that's what we'll talk about a little bit too, about the feeling level of these of what meditation can do. And we all know what the feeling level of what service can do. Uh, anyone involved with volunteering understands that already. Fascinating. Well, uh, so a little bit more before we go on about how the divine purpose, as you so aptly put it, 
is guiding this process. Could you talk about that a little more? It would seem through the researches and experiences that many of us have that our elder brothers, which we call the masters of wisdom or the great white brotherhood, uh, whatever we call them, because their vision of the plan is clearer than ours. It's more distinct. And they have, for whatever reasons, decided to serve that plan. That's their focus. That's their energy. And since we look up to them, we're connected to them in some ways, we're definitely connected to our souls, which are, again, are serving this plan, that it gives us that aspiration. So, okay, well, there seems to be a plan. All these higher beings are following it. How can we get more involved ourselves to do this? And, you know, part of it, of course, is study to learn more context about the spiritual process, meditation to have more experience about the spiritual context, and service to reach out and be able to touch our fellow men who are also going through the process of demonstrating the plan of God. Right now, obviously, very imperfectly, but that's what the New Age is promising Yes, it's been rough. There's a transition period. It looks bleak, but we're getting to the point where all of us, again, guided by the masters, the world teacher, which we'll talk about, Maitreya, uh, will say, here's the plan. Here's your part in it. Here's what you can do. And this will give us a hope. It'll give us a vision. It'll give us a purpose. It'll dispel depression and fear. We'll just take this huge leap forward. So that's kind of what we're, we're hoping for. That's wonderful. So how nice for us. We're getting a master class, not to make a bad pun, by humanity's elder brothers, the masters of wisdom. Think of what that would do for people if everyone realized we had this guiding, driving force behind us and that we weren't alone. And uh, I wanted to ask, what separates, um, just briefly, what separates us from them? And can we eventually become one of them too? Or are they in an, uh, an elite group that we can never hope to join? It's the vast stairway to heaven. It's the spiral of evolution. We are all somewhere on this great spiral, slowly working our way up. Whether we're individuals or dogs or cats or planets or, or even the masters, we are all on this spiral. We're all learning, we're growing, we're teaching, we're studying, we're sharing. We're doing this together and slowly, slowly we move forward so that one day then we become the masters and the people that are around us become uh, co- co-creators with us. If you can see it happening now, the beginnings of this. People are getting more aware of themselves as spiritual beings. So... Again, the dangers here, I mean, this is, we get polarized because we get scared. Mm. And I know we, we wanted to cover this too. I just thought I'd bring it up. But um, what slows us down from this process, because we'll all get there, it's, it's evolution. It is evolution. Yes. Um, and they evolution. talk about hope. <laughs> evolution yes. is our great hope. Because <laughs> people don't realize how important evolution really is. And the way you're describing it, it's key to the whole workings of the planet and the universe. And it's not something that should be argued about in political circles. It's a basic fact that we simply 
don't need to disbelieve or believe. We need to understand and experience is what I'm hearing. Yeah, we, we need to see it. I mean, we, we can study physical evolution and we can see the changes going on through the different aspects of the animal, mineral and plant kingdom. But it's much harder to see it in our own world, in our own lives. We can talk about a Gandhi or a Sai Baba or various teachers. And, oh my gosh, look at this. They must be very evolved. But we haven't integrated this yet in, in mass thinking. It's, it's slow. It's happening. We talked about humanity's crises we're going through and, and the fears that it generates. But you had said there's two elements that you see, and that is polarization and fear of the future. Everything that we need to learn right now is in a sense polarized so that we can really look at it, really understand it. Economics, do we really want the super rich and millions of people starving when we're mm. tossing food out? Is that the world we want? Uh, do we want our social system breaking down into individual violence and group violence? and misunderstandings and, and anger and vengeance. Is that what we want? Did that polarization? Yeah. Uh, and the political, the conservative, liberal, whatever that means, communist, capitalist, socialist, fascist, these are just words. I mean, at the end of the day, the key here, the end of this polarization will come when we can mm -hmm. undersee ourselves finally, and I believe that Maitreya especially is gonna help with this, see ourselves as one. Science says, hey guys, you're one, it's one field. You know, we influence each other, the butterfly in Borneo, the hurricane yes. here. I mean, we know yeah. that already. We just oh, and, need to experience and, it more. And just one thing, Ron, um, um, when you were mentioning communism and capitalism and socialism, they're all isms. And I think Benjamin Krem, uh, the esotericist and author and artist, the sort of modern day John the Baptist, who talked about Maitreya in the modern era, had, I'm not sure if he had quoted Maitreya as saying it, or as he said it himself, that, quote, isms in prison. And I think he had referred to them as like metaphysical, metaphysical drugs and to let go of them. But, but um, um, go ahead. I just wanted to throw that in no, there. No, no, you're right, David. And, you know, I, I don't like to bring it up too much, but religion also has been a real problem for humanity for a long time. And that's part of the Aquarian dispensation is that we're gonna move from belief, you believe this or else, to wait a minute, what have you experienced? Well, what have you experienced? Well, let's have common ground here about our experience and see what really does invoke spiritual energies. What really does connect us to the Deva kingdom, connect us to each other in an energetic way. Because we're moving into the age of energy. Doing Reiki. I mean, we all know it. This is the age of energy. So here we are. And what was that again? You said this is the age of energy. Energy. Yes. And not just energy, but which I think you've touched upon is awareness and knowledge. Because yeah. Pisces says, I believe. Aquarius says, I know. Um, but go ahead. Exactly. And that, that, that is so hard because the ones who know in history have been isolated, either, you know, worshipped or killed or whatever, but usually isolated to various degrees. Ostracized. Now, 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And now we need Waymo. We need a big group of people. We need a mass of people to say, no, no, we're all experiencing this together. And I think the hope here in this polarization question lies with the young people who do not see the world so polarized as us older people do. And they're saying, no, 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 are you kidding? We're all been together doing things for forever now. We're okay. We don't need your polarization. We can make things mm. work. Yes, you know, it seems like every older generation condemns the younger one, saying they're <laughs> out of touch. But right. in this case, and of course, that's gone on for hundreds of years and, and does yet still. But these young people are really in touch with these energies and with their desire, with their desire to live and survive and thrive. And they don't seem to have the same hangups that the uh, adults have or the older generation. No, in, in my experience, they're, they're looking for meaning in their lives. They're looking for purpose. And I think shows like this and the materials that you and I are recommending to people give people a context that, that says, yes, there is meaning. There is purpose in your life. Don't give up. You know, it's so easy just to go into, you know, the dark side, but you, there's no need to right now. I'd like to hear some more now about the, um, a little bit more about the fear of the future. Where does that come from and how do we work our way through that? Well, it's ironic that over the past few years, um, we have had this media bombardment of fear. And at the same time, individually, everyone's going to therapy, trying to get rid of fears and move forward and get rid of addictions and so forth. So, but now with the physical lack of real security, the financial lack of real security, environmental collapse waiting in the wings, war waiting in the wings possibly, that one fear is, do, is there a viable future for my children, for my grandchildren, for my friends? Uh, and so these, these fears are deep inside of us, but they, they are coming forward too, because people are saying, I'm going to deal with this. I'm going to create my own economy. I'm going to print my own money. I'm going to mm. do, go back to trade and barter. I'm going to grow my own food. I'm not going to be stuck uh, like my parents are in a system where they're terrified of leaving the system because there's nothing there to hold them up. They're going to hold each other up. These fears, and I guess we're going to get into this a little bit later too, are connected to our past, mm -hmm. to our historical past, our genetic past, our common trauma past, however you want to look at this. Mm -hmm. So these fears are deeply ingrained in us, which they're finding more and more evidence of, uh, even generational, that it, you didn't experience the fear, but someone else did. And so it's part of your uh, experience now. So this mm -hmm. fear of the future is very deep. And mm -hmm. with war, I mean, a lot of us grew up you know, under desks waiting for an atomic explosion, uh, which has, again, traumatized the generation. Uh, the fear that religion has caused by creating this image of hell and hellfire and damnation and the devil has, again, deep fears. Um, even people who want to do good, do certain things, they say, well, I don't know, maybe I need to cover myself here and be aware that I might go to hell if I do this. I mean, it's very insidious, very deep. 
And, and so that's why, they, again, today, most people call themselves spiritual and not religious. Ah, that makes sense. Um, and once again, I was looking for a couple examples, um, something concrete happening today, like fear of, of Wall Street crash and uh, fear of health crises, i.e. COVID. Wall Street and COVID, those are two solid examples of fear of the future right now. And I think some of our audience could relate to it and say, wow, so that's what Ron's talking about. Now I can connect this metaphysical world and tale and background and detail with something solid that's happening today, and I can make that connection. Well, really, um, we can see the seeds of this very clearly around the world with the new, they call them cities of light or spiritual communities uh, are starting all over now. And most of the people that I know are saying, hey, Ron, do you know of any I can join? This is a huge movement for people who become, because they're meditating, because they're doing help to the world, they're doing service, they're becoming more sensitive and they feel things. My God, I don't even want to be in this room anymore i don't want to be with these people anymore i want to i want to be in an environment that supports my growth i want to be part of the solution so they say well where can i live and so they're saying well let's all live together let's create a some kind of communal or community or whatever it is they're all over the planet now in different mm -hmm. ways people are doing this and um, now um ron oh, i'm sorry to interrupt um no, just to answer your question yeah it seems like they're not just saying i don't want to experience this anymore uh, uh, that's toxic, but I don't want others to suffer and experience that anymore either. I'm not just thinking of myself anymore. I don't want anybody to go through what it is I don't like either. Well, that, that's very true. And that's part of that, you know, sensitivity creates responsibility. You literally respond more to the frequencies and vibrations of those around you. And by by that process, we gradually, as a group, as humanity, become more harmless because you say, oh, my God, I said this and I can feel the other person's response. This wasn't good. Or I chopped down this tree and I can feel the trees going. Why do you I mean, it's, it's very intense. Mm. And there's books about this. Many people have experienced this on many levels. But it's part of all of our heritage. We'll yeah. all be extremely sensitive. We'll be a very responsible that's part of like you earlier talking about what's our evolution. Well, that's that's yes. the, the, the bellwether sensitivity mm -hmm. and responsibility. And that seems really key. I like that phrase you used. What was it? Sensitivity uh, creates responsibility. Yes. Yes. I think we need that. <laughs> Some of us may need to have that tattooed to our foreheads. Sensitivity creates responsibility. And I think a lot of people, at least I think so, haven't made the connection between those two. Now, now that we've gone over polarization and you've outlined how fear of the future has inhibited us and ways that we can overcome it, you've written about the phenomena of these two waves. And once again, to return to that great phrase you had, the divine purpose that is guiding us. Um, tell, about, tell us about these two waves. I guess the first one was more... Um, the 60s going forward when it really started to become apparent. And the second wave would be freedom from the past. Yeah, I was really privileged to be in a, in a ringside seat for a lot of this, David, as you know, 
So again, these are, you know, more personal observations, but I hope, you know, people can relate to them somewhat. But, you know, the first part of this is exploring. Okay, you wake up one day and you say, I want to explore this feeling of expansion was sweeping through the country. So you, you put your thumb out, you hitchhike, you ended up at a strange place with strange people living in a, in a house full of strangers that were all cooperating. Oh, Ron, you just made me think of something. Um, this expansion that you mentioned, um, yes. tie that into the, your, your phrase that I keep repeating that I like so much, the divine purpose that is guiding us. Um, we, we're feeling the inclination to expansion. Where is that inclination for expansion coming from? What's the origin of it? The origin is the spiritual influx of energies, which Maitreya has said, or Ben has said, that creates just by definition um, uh, that yearning, divine discontent. Because mm. since it's literally shaking you out of your little mental box and even which I just mentioned here, exploring out of your physical box, your home in the suburbs or whatever it was. And then you say, okay, I want to get out of here, but where am I going? What do I need to do? And then we go from there to the, the books and the classes and the retreats and the study and all that. But that said, that first sense, I want to explore. And uh, that opened doors up. It created a sharing economy back in the 60s, a gig economy. I don't want to work every day. I'll work enough to do what I need to do, to do my spiritual practices, to go to India, to go to Japan, whatever people were doing then, mm -hmm. uh, it gave them an opportunity to do that. And mm -hmm. again, relating to fear, that energy pushed the fear away. You yes. out. You, you said, oh, you can live in my house. And they, you didn't know the people at all, but you, okay, you just did it. So you're talking about people breaking out of these molds and rejecting the restrictions of the past I know when we had a discussion leading up to this interview, you had mentioned how um, people were now unafraid to say, I'm gay, or I've had an abortion, or I'm struggling with mental illness, or I'm a socialist, or I'm a communist. Whereas before, you'd be roundly condemned, arrested, or, or worse, sometimes killed for talking about these things. But um, let me let you continue on your role. Well, no, David, you know, what you're saying is very true. And, and again, this ties into that freedom from fear that we've been talking about and expansion of consciousness. Um, and so, again, from that exploring phase, we go to maybe a uh, experiencing phase, you know, with, again, we talked about the visionary art and the different, the music, uh, especially music. I mean, people still listen to the Beatles every day because of a certain current of energy that was expansive with loving their album on that just was titled love a compilation was a huge seller because people miss that they they need it and then expanding the personality that's part of this first wave too about first you, you go to psychotherapy you go to ecstatic dance you learn all these new techniques you go through group psychotherapy you work on things that take you beyond yourself. Because again, for a lot of us, it was always, well, what's your goal? Um, what do you want to do? Um, what do you want? Which is fine. But no one ever said to us, at least to me, well, who are you? Mm. The real sense of who are you? 
who are you? As opposed think, to what do you want? <laughs> exactly. That. What do you want takes the personality out to the world, gets us functioning. It's great. But the who are you connects us back to the soul. And we need, I think we need both, you know, and then that's the process we've been going through the last 50 years is not just one, not just the other, but both connecting that, that L or that cross connecting and becoming ground, becoming real for people. Yes, I do want, I do need to make the world work, but I, now I get a feeling of really who I am. So if this life is over, it's, mm-hmm. it's simply a life over. It's not the end. It's just this transition. And Ron, it sounds like you're moving here from the second wave, first wave, I'm sorry, into the second wave, freedom from the past. Yes. I, I want to hear more from you about the, the second wave, um, freedom from the past, which you've obviously already um, begun. Yeah, I think what, what happens is that in the early days, we, we kind of got that physical and religious freedom, more emotional freedoms, more psychological freedoms. And then the second wave, if you will, needed to kind of make that real for people, make it so they can act on it. So with the flow of new ideas, this expansion of bookstores everywhere and people being able to easily pick up materials that were usually so isolated, so esoteric and become more and more part of the popular culture. I mean, in the old days, and you, you're talking about, you know, coming out as gay or coming out of these certain things. I mean, you were afraid to come out as taking yoga or meditating. <laughs> Hard to believe today. <laughs> yeah, and now it's like every magazine at the supermarket, yoga, meditation, mindfulness, you know, every app on your phone. I mean, there's no end to it. It's almost overkill. But and- it shows what the, the growth we've had to be ready for the new energies. And I thought that was extraordinary that you mentioned that, Ron, that and people were even afraid of yoga back then in the 60s. And think about if you see the stats, how many white Americans were terrified of Martin Luther King, who was as unthreatening as you could possibly imagine. Uh, yeah. People laud him today and put him up on a pedestal. But back in the 60s, a lot of those people were condemning him or clueless as to um, what he was expounding and how he had uh, put together the, he had connected the evils of um, militarism and racism and poverty. And today it's common knowledge, but back then people were having a meltdown over something that was the plain, honest truth. They couldn't even handle that. And you mentioned the parallel with the yoga. And it's amusing to me because I've forgotten that. It'd been so long ago. But tell us more about the second wave and freedom from the past. Well, it's interesting. Again, using the word wave, um, I was thinking that actually very literally. Mm. Because long ago in San Francisco at Grace Cathedral, they had something called the Holy Man Jam. So imagine this. There's a thousand people in this beautiful cathedral. And on the stage come a procession of spiritual teachers and each one has a gift for these thousand people which is the essence of their experience and practice so the i won't mention the names but one of them sent a wave out of peace literally palpable peace i was to be i was shocked because i could feel it physically 
Mm. And I thought, well, that's interesting. And the next person came out and did the same thing, but his was power. So again, those who wanted peace would be drawn to him. Those who wanted power would think, well, maybe this is the path for me. Um, uh, that was actually Yogi Bhajan, if you're curious. Um, wow. And then there was another, uh, I don't know if he's alive or not, a Zen master who just gave out freedom. I mean, everybody was laughing as soon as he walked out. He, there, was, there was no path. There was no nothing. It was just joy and freedom. Mm-hmm. And then the third person was, the last, sorry, the fourth person was joy. And again, it was a physical wave. And I'm bringing this up not to go back into the past, but to say, okay, that was them. Now, what's the next on the spiral? Yes, and uh, <laughs> you know, um, I think just to finish that thought, um, the other, the wave of the future now is a wave of spiritual energy that's impersonal, mm. it's coming through the masters. It's definitely coming through uh, the world teacher, and people that have been taking transmission meditation have certainly felt that. Other people around the world have felt it in various ways with various definitions and experiences, but it's a worldwide wave from the early days of more individual waves. Now we're getting this wave after wave affecting the planet and affecting young people and starting movements, you know, the shutting down Wall Street and creating new ways of, of living and, you know, and talking about the environment in very intense personal ways. These are ways these are things that are happening now because of this impersonal spiritual energy that's awakening. Mm. And I know you've mentioned Benjamin Krem and, and the world teacher. I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to tie Benjamin in with um, how Benjamin Krem, his books and lectures have helped bring about the second wave. Um, and once again, that great phrase you came up with the divine purpose of this process, which seems to include the coming of a, of a new world teacher. So maybe you could, you had started to go into that. Um, uh, please continue. Well, you know, the last few years have brought out a lot of scholar, religious scholarship and they've brought out a lot of profound metaphysical spiritual teachings. But for most people, people like me really, um, I need it simplified, I need it basic, I need something I can relate to and understand. and. That was my attraction, particularly to Benjamin Krem's materials, is that he made it very timely, very clear, very uh, accessible, relatable, accessible, exactly. And, and if you go back through like Maitreya's missions and so on, he's actually talking about the events of the day in mm. real time, which again is something that's way out of any of our experience. You know, we can go to channelers and get this kind of vague, grayish 
miasma sometimes, sometimes with sparks of light. But with Ben especially, it was just light, light, light. And it was very yes. refreshing. And I think his influence will actually grow in the years to come because people will go, oh my God, it's right here. We just need to connect with this. Ben provided a whole new level of, I think the word is clarity, spiritual clarity. Clarity is such a beautiful word. You know, clearness of thinking, uh, clearness of experience. So you can say, well, wait, is this really an experience or am I imagining it? I mean, things that make so, so that the spiritual world, the spiritual life becomes as real to us as cooking Thanksgiving dinner. David now reads some of Maitreya's teachings from Benjamin Krem's book, Maitreya's Mission, Volume 2. The light of the soul kills fear. How can you, at a word, call on the light of the soul and focus it on fear? You know, the fear is about the past, and it's also about our thinking process, which is part of that past. So as we let go of thought, let go of thinking, fear has nowhere to go. Let me just give you another quote from Benjamin Krem's Maitreya's Mission, Volume 2. And the quote goes like this. This fear results from wrong identification, identifying with the vehicles of the self rather than with the self. And for our listeners, Ben is referring to the real you that stands behind the personality. You could call it the, the soul or the spirit or the monad. We could get into that another time. But he's talking about identifying with who you really are. So bearing that in mind, uh, just in brief, because we're going to jump onto our meditation soon. Um, what causes fear? Again, it's, it's a, you could call it a reaction. You could call it an addiction um, to thought, to the mental process. Uh, and so as we, as we meditate, our mental processes become clearer to us. We mm -hmm. understand ourselves better and the patterns of our thinking and the ways that we're stuck, the ways that we're held back. Mm -hmm. And so then we have a choice. We can say, well, wait, is this working for me or do I want to let these go? Because again, as we've talked about over and over, it's about letting go, letting mm. go of past, letting go of trauma, letting go of thinking, letting go of beliefs. And with that, I think it's time for our brief meditation. This is called the New Age Prayer. And it's a prayer to help us in this process of expansion, process of inclusion, process of understanding. So it's very powerful. It's being said all over the world every day by thousands of people. And I think if you add it to a daily routine, you see for yourself if it helps you or not. Just experiment. See if it works for you. Sounds good. But I'm going to read it. So if everyone can just kind of close your eyes, focus on your third eye. Um, and, uh, well, you can keep your eyes open if, you want, if it's on the screen. You can see it. But I'll say it. Um, but I want to just say here that I am, the first two lines talk about the I am. That's the greater I am. That's the spiritual I am. If, you, if we truly identify with that I am, we would be in nirvikalpa samadhi, and we wouldn't be having this discussion. Mm, We're trying to get to that point. So let's, let's, let's imagine that, oh my God, I'm formless. 
the worlds came after me. I'm the original. There so you let's go. think of it in those terms. So here we go, guys. I know okay. we have a short, short window. This New Age prayer was given to humanity by Maitreya, the world teacher, through Benjamin Graham. Please join us in a powerful meditation after the prayer. I am the creator of the universe. I am the father and mother of the universe. Everything comes from me. Everything shall return to me. Mind, spirit, and body are my temples for the self to realize in them my supreme being and becoming. Well, Ron, I think we'll have to say, quoting Benjamin Krem, that's it. We've run out of time for this show. We want to thank all of you for sharing it with us. Go in peace. And let's all look forward to the future together. Thank you. Thank you, Ron. And thank you, David, for this opportunity. Visit us on Facebook at hashtag Planetary Makeover. This show has been a production of planetarymakeover.org. At our website, we have a link to our bi-weekly live show at 5 p.m. Mondays, Western Time, and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. At our website, we also have a link to our archives and a selection of our shows. For more background info, visit www.shareinternational-west.org That's shareinternational-west.org For related books and DVDs and CDs by Benjamin Krem on the emergence of Maitreya, the world teacher, please go to share-ecart.com